Hello Naglets, hope you are well and doing okay. I've seen a lot of you enjoyed the previous podcast. I'm really glad you found that helpful. Thank you for your feedback on that. Um, so moving forwards, I've had some brilliant questions from clients and just generally people who follow me asking me a couple of questions and quite a few similar ones are popping up. So I thought I'd cover these two main ones. So today I'm going to cover what to do when you're pretty much happy with where you're at almost with your weight, your scale weight, but you want to still work on changing your physique. So getting that tonal look. And then also, which I've been asked quite a bit about lately and other people have been posting it and asking about it is, you know, my thoughts on creatine. Like, you know, is it worth taking? What is creatine? So I'm going to cover that as well today. So let's cover the first one. So basically, in fact, one of our, one of our members from Forever Strong, uh, our online coach group coaching membership, um, she actually sent this in and basically... I love this, what she sent, but she says, I'm, I'm almost at my goal weight. However, I'm happy with how I feel and the progress I'm making, but definitely want to lose more body fat. Weight on the scales, not so much. I fucking love that. What a great place to be in. And she's loving the process, by the way, just so you know as well. She's loving lifting weights in gym. She started to go into the free weights area, as some of you may call it, the man's area of all the weights. And it's not the man's area, just to clarify, it's the everybody body area. You know, you don't pay membership, an extra membership to be exclusively allowed in that area. Just so you know, you, you all pay the same membership in the gym, apart from if you're on a, I mean, maybe a cheaper rate because you're NHS or Army or something. Um, so, yeah, so basically she wants to pretty much, she's not too fussed about the scale weight going down anymore. She actually wants to focus more on how she, uh, on her physique, which generally she does feel better in herself. She does like her physique a bit more. So this is what I give her to do as her homework and it's what I give a lot of my clients when they get to this point. Quite a few of mine have actually got to this point and to this day, some of them two years on, I've sustained their results and they're still enjoying the process. Um, some of them are just like, they're just working on performance goals mostly now. So building strength or be able to do more push-ups or pull-ups. And these are women, by the way, just to clarify, 40 plus years old. <laughs> so... Which is most of my clientele. Most of my clientele are females who are like 40, 50 plus, perimenopause or menopausal. And they are, they're freaking smashing it, man. I couldn't be more proud. So anyway, back to my clients and what I did. Um, so I've done this again with my other clients. The first thing you do, I look at the calories. Um, a lot of them are still usually calorie tracking by now or starting to sometimes... I encourage them to semi-track a little bit, start to move away from it a little bit, if they wish to. It depends on their relationship with tracking. Now, for me, I just enjoy seeing data. So I still track probably, I'd say a semi-track. I don't track as much as I used to because I've learned how much is in what. I know how much is in a typical meal. We tend to eat the same thing, don't we? We rotate them. Like, for example, um, I made myself a slow cooker uh, beef and peanut butter curry over the weekend and I know that's five servings and about 250 calories per serving so I know with my rice it's going to come up and also mango chutney and a bit of mint yogurt sauce it's going to come to below 500 calories and I know it's about 30 40 grams of protein roughly again it's just estimates because that's all it is estimates even calorie tracking is estimations but it's kind of more it's a great way for me to plan ahead my meals rather than writing it down. I just put it into my fitness pal. That's just me. Um, 
but I just use it more as a guideline now or if I put something different in I just want to know or I've created a new recipe so I just want to macro it in but will I always track probably not I probably will eventually just come off it completely or just use it as and when um I feel like using it but that's because I've done it for years and years so you know I, I can I know what 100 gram chicken breast looks like and I know that's 27 grams of protein for example um you know it's just it's education it's a tool um because people go oh, calorie counting doesn't work it's like no but it is calorie tracking and macro tracking is a tool and just like a sat nav you know to learn to get to a destination you need the sat nav but over time repeating that destination over and over and if you're taking in the directions and where you're going you will no longer need the sat nav as much like very rarely um, maybe for maybe a longer route or a more complex route, you might use it or the might traffic on the way. So similar with carry tracking, it might be maybe sometimes you might need it, uh, just maybe for accountability, just to check in with yourself uh, every so often. But anyway, so we looked at her calories and I said, she was, I think she was around 16, 1700, which most female clients are going to sit around there usually, depending on their height and their activity uh, and their age and many other factors. So I normally get them to bring their calories up a little bit, which is scary first time for most people who've done fat loss because they're worried they're going to suddenly gain a load of weight. Ideally, you could go straight to maintenance. So we could roughly work out her maintenance, which probably gave about 21, 2200. But I know a lot of clients psychologically, and even I've been there where I've got my calories after doing fat loss, it can make you feel a bit like, ooh, what, what have I put fat on? So to build trust in the process, I normally add calories gradually. Um, and also it's a great way of making sure they're just not going to suddenly start eating whatever they want as they build those calories up. It's more of a case of just a slightly bigger portion meal, maybe a couple extra snacks uh, just to top up your calories. Uh, for most of them, it might mean upping their protein because you might struggle with that. So I'm like, well, you can have a bigger protein portion now. Um, or they're hitting their protein. I'm like, well, increase your carb portion <laughs> if you're hitting the protein portion. So yeah, I normally increase the calories a little bit. So they're in a small deficit if they still want to lose a bit of body fat, but they're happy where the scale is. So we're trying to slow down uh, the catabolic phase, which is what fat loss is. It's catabolic. It means to destroy. And we want them basically to get that toned look now and change the shape of the body. We have to build muscle. That is what toning is. We have to build muscle to get that toned look. To build muscle, you need to be in what we call an anabolic stage, which means to build. So... When you do a calorie deficit, this is why we don't like to ramp your protein up uh, to usually 1.6 to 2 grams per kilogram of your body weight. Or I always say to most people as a round off number, just go for 100 grams. 70 to 100 grams if you're starting out and you're just getting used to getting protein into your diet, that is a good start point. You're already having more than what most of the population will have and it'll probably change your meals round a little bit because... If you up your protein, you may be upping your calories, which means for some people, it might mean going to a surplus, so going over your maintenance. So it means making those smarter decisions of reducing the carb portion size. So maybe having a small potato that you chop up into wedgies rather than a 300 gram potato. It might mean having half a pack of rice instead of a full pack of rice and then having more veggies in place. So it just makes you make those smarter choices as well. So it's a good thing to do anyway. And also... To be anabolic, you need ad adequate protein because protein is the contains amino acids, which is the building block of cells, which is also the building blocks of muscles because you are a blob of muscle, uh, blob of amino acid, uh, blob of cells. Sorry, gave me words mixed up. You're a blob of cells. 
So, which means you're basically a bob of protein. So it's not just for muscle, having protein. It's for your teeth, your hair, your skin, your nails, your bone, your organs. It's needed for everything, which is why, again, I think there is a protein malnourishment going on in a lot of the world, to be fair. Um, like people tend to have it in bulk one day and hardly not at all other days. Uh, more people, people are becoming more vegetarian, more vegan, but they're not thinking about the protein source. You have to be a little bit smarter how you implement uh, pro- adequate protein to your diet and also into each meal as well. Because ideally, again, which I'll say to this client, ideally you want to try and distribute that amount of protein across the day because it's better for basically keeping like an endless supply of protein for your muscles for that repair stage. Uh, there is evidence coming out that around, I think it's around 25 grams. You know, this is again, it's probably an estimate, but 25 grams of protein per meal. You haven't got to be anal, be spot on and perfect. It might be you have 20 grams in one, then you have 30 in another, and then you do 25 in the other. That's just an example. Um, obviously, if you require more protein, of course, it's going to be more than that. You might have to have 30 grams a meal or 25 grams a meal, and then maybe a protein shake to top it up, which could add up to 30 grams if you add it with milk, because milk will also have um, a protein source in as well, depending on what milk you have. So protein amount matters. How much you're having per meal would also be, a, you know, and also an extra addition. I am going overkill with this. If you want to go really simple with it, just being like a small calorie deficit, workout, weight training, full body, or you can do push-pull legs or four days, push-pull legs and, and another leg session. Ideally, do legs back to back, maybe split it up a little bit. So adequate weight training, adequate daily protein, and you're not in, t- in a low deficit, and basically keep repeating. <laughs> um, that would be stripped back. But if you want to up the game a little bit, and just from a health point of view, I would suggest having adequate protein in majority of your meals. If the odd one is low, I don't don't stress about it. Probably a handful in the week may not meet that requirement, depending on your uh, diet, depending what you eat, depending if you're vegetarian or mostly vegan or plant based. That can also be a factor as well. Um, so again, it might mean a little bit of planning ahead, but also it just makes you create maybe a more nutritious meal anyway. Like I just said, you could have to offset your carbs and add more vegetables or fruit into there. So it makes you thinking a bit more smarter. You might have to you know, double up the protein portion. It might be you were not ha- like having one egg. It's like, we'll have two and maybe add some beans with it uh, on your toast with some spinach, what I've been having the past few days. Uh, it's so quick to make. So yeah, that's what we looked at is we want to get her body as anabolic as possible. So we need adequate protein. So 1.6 grams to two grams per kilogram of your body weight, or even around the 100 gram mark would be a great start for her. Um, also, ideally, I've said, try to get about 25 grams of protein per meal most of the time at minimum. Uh, obviously, she'll need more than that uh, for her total. Obviously, it's probably what hers is, um, but she does need a little bit more. So I said you could split it across three meals and then have two high protein snacks or one high protein snack, um, which will, should top it up anyway. If you spread it across your meals, it's far easier to hit the goal. Even if you're vegetarian or vegan, it's a lot, lot easier spreading it out a little bit anyway. Um, but it's, it's basically the same. It's, it's ideal for the process, muscle protein synthesis, having a constant supply of protein. So a constant supply of amino acids to the muscles, um, for that repair process, because when they repair, they grow stronger, the muscle fibers grow thicker. And that's hence where you get your toned look from while you're losing that layer of body fat. And the other one is obviously training stimulus, which I just said, 
ideally minimum if you want to really work on your physique i would say three times a week which is what me and kate normally do and a lot of our clients do they do about three times a week so they'll do three full body sessions um reps and sets wise so people there's a lot of arguments on there saying well you should do hypertrophy and that's an 8 to 12 rep range and all this but research has recently updated i think they were saying from 5 to 30 reps which is quite a big range that will any of those rep ranges will contribute to hypertrophy gains so you could literally play about it it means after about 6 to 12 weeks when you go to train change your training plan you could adjust those reps and sets how you do things um, so for example, if you're not always big into doing strength training, like working on lifting quite heavy, a five to six rep range would be great for like, say, building your squat strength up or a bench press or, um, a deadlift or working on assisted pull-ups or pull-ups. So that'd be a great rep range workaround because actually you could see some good strength gains on there. And then you might do two to three accessory like workouts at the end. So that could be your triceps which is normally a muscle that lags a little bit, normally needs a bit more stimulus than the bicep. You might work your shoulders a bit more as well, which are, those muscles are great to work on the arms, male or female, by the way, because they really, um, like I say, enhance the look of the arms, should we say. Um, I can tell when someone trains well, because I can tell by the shape of their shoulders normally, bolder shoulders. And I don't think mean they look big and massive, even on a female. You can just tell, um, you know, by the shape of it, they've, you know, that they train really well. They train very balanced over the body as well. It's a really good sign. Uh, so yeah, ad adequate training is absolutely important. But yeah, it could be anywhere between five and 30, five reps to 30 reps. Sets wise, again, it depends on how experienced you are, but generally three sets is always a, a good round starting point. Um, but also training hard enough. So a lot of women think getting toned involves lifting those tiny pink weights and doing lots and lots of reps. But unless you're actually feeling those reps, if you would say go for 30 reps, but if you were actually feeling them, like you could go beyond 30 if you could on those weights. It's not hard enough. It's not, it's not, ide it's not the ideal environment for muscle building to get that toned look. You have to actually be training hard enough. So I would say, ideally, I always try to put people in more the low rep range that so they have to work hard. And with... The beauty of muscle building, though, which is getting toned, you can just be like three or four reps from failure. You haven't got to be one to two like you would for like proper strength training. Even with the five to six rep mark, you can have some reps in reserve, which is great. Um, but also you've got to watch out you're not under training. And that takes, it does take time to learn that. And the more new you are to weight training, so if you've only been doing it one, one or two years, your body's still going to have a great stimulus, even if you're a bit bit off from how hard you should be working but the longer you've trained for so you've been training like let's say four or five push years yeah you've got to be more hot on with how close you are to fatigue but ideally if you've got a coach which is what i do with my clients as they get more experience and become more stronger i will do rep maxes with them so how much they can lift for one rep on like the big lifts if that's what they're, they're okay with doing not always needed uh, but for some of the experienced ones, I'll do like a one rep max on a squat, a bench, maybe a deadlift, or maybe even like a pull up or something, or a push up. And it just gives me an idea and a percentage what for, uh, of uh, how uh, what they can work off based of their weight. So say for example, I'm shit at maths now. Say then one rep max is 100k squats, and ideally for hypertrophy, I want between 
probably 60 to 80% of their rep max, if that makes sense. So I would probably get them working at, say, maybe 60K for like maybe six to eight reps, if that gives you an idea. It gives you an idea how hard you need to work. So it's just another tool in the box for a PT, really, and how and how to get people working out if they're training hard enough. But the main thing is, if you're still quite new to this, that you add progressive overload to your training. That means trying to add weight each week or adding a couple more reps or even an extra set. Um, I say with, depending on the exercise, some things you're going to add weight to, like say a squat, a leg press, a bench you might do, a um, row machine you might do that on as well, a deadlift, a Romanian deadlift, but things like a tricep push down, side like raises for the shoulders. It'd be really hard to go up every week on the weights with them. In fact, there'll be a point where you probably never ever go up on a weight on those certain exercises. Like I can't get past 8K for a side like raise. Uh, because you're lifting the weight to the side of your body. There's just no way because um, because of the leverage away from the body. My arm's quite far away from the body, so it's really difficult. So I just aim for reps normally. I'll get up as heavy as I can with good form. As soon as I just if I go any heavier, the form's going to go, the range is going to drop. Then I've got to stay with the weight where I can do good form, but I've got to go, go up my reps every single week, which is something me and Kate have been doing today, uh, today actual training. So we did... Um, we superset prone flies, which is where you're leaning forward and you're lifting your arms out straight to the side to work your upper back and then do your city bicep curl superset. And we started with six kilograms and we started with 10 to 12 reps. And each week we've added two reps on. So today we're up to 18 reps, which absolutely caned us. But I accidentally messed up and um, up the weight last week. I actually didn't realise, but we are able to do the 8K. But it means now we've got to keep going for the reps on the 8K. So that's how we kind of do it as well. We certain exercises you just have to go for reps and you'll, you'll kind of know the more you do it but just ask if you're not sure i'm happy to answer just drop me a dm at the nag personal trainer on instagram happy to answer that if you're like nat is this a good one to go up and weight or a good one to go up and reps and same when you're lifting he- uh, big lifts it'll get to a point maybe you're stuck again and you can't lift any heavier you could absolutely go up in your reps or you can stick with the same weight and just add a set so like i say so do three sets of say five reps on a back squat you might do four sets of five on a back squat. Because say you're stuck at 50K, for example, and you've been stuck there for weeks and weeks and weeks and you can't move up or even go up in reps. So you're like, you know what, I'm just going to add a set because you're increasing stimulus on the muscles. And that is important part of the process when it comes to getting toned. If you, it's, you're basically creating that anabolic opportunity for your muscles to grow. And I, being in that slight calorie deficit, you're still going to lose some body fat. And that'll be also through also getting energy out. So commuting on foot where you can, think about your steps as well. You do have to hit 10,000 steps a day, just to clarify. From what I've looked at research recently, they're saying between six to 7,000 is still adequate for like weight management and even helping with weight loss uh, for long-term health. And again, pick it and, you know, the amount of steps you could do on average, pretty much most of your life for the rest of your life. So for me, 10,000 is no problem for me. Um, some clients is 8,000, some because of their jobs, it might be a warehouse worker, it is going to be 15,000, 20,000, but it's not on purpose, it's part of their job. Um, but I'd say find an amount you can do consistently. So think about that. And lastly, with that, I said, because you are a shift worker, she's a paramedic, I'm like, just make sure you're looking after your sleep. I said, I know it's hard with shift work, uh, especially when you go to sleep in the daytime to so create that relaxing routine 
track because and to keep that the same whether it's the evening or the morning so your body knows this is sleep time so the melatonin sleep hormone kicks in because recovery is also important a lot of people tend to overtrain now when they get to this phase or they overtrain when they're doing fat loss um and i've just given you the dosage there what you need you only need three days a week if say you're doing full body four days if you want to do push pull and two legs that would be fine i'm not saying train five six seven days a week if you're really, really struggling to get that many days in and you want to change your physique up, two days is okay as well, if I'm honest. If that's what you're used to as well, your body, all it is, it'll just be a little slower the progress, but not impossible. It will still move in the right direction. And it still matters what you eat. It still matters about your sleep. It still matters about your steps. Uh, so bear that in mind as well. Okay. So I hope that answers your question now on that one. So if you're getting to the point where you're close to where you want to be, but you want to change the shape of your body, remember adequate protein, try to spread it across your meals, about 25 grams, say, for example. Um, adequate weight training. So ideally three times a week full body or four times a week. So you could do upper, lower, upper, lower. You could do it that way or push, pull and two leg days. You could do it that way. Um and then be in a, a moderate calorie deficit. So if you've been about 16, 1700, I'd bring that up to about 18, 1900 now and just gradually bring it up to your maintenance over time. Maybe even implement some um, diet breaks and just be at maintenance for a bit because actually you'll find you'll probably become more active as your calories go up. I had this when, and I've had other clients have this happen actually, uh, they've increased their calories from being in a calorie deficit. We've got up to maintenance just to take a bit of a diet break. We've still been training and train. If anything, they can train harder because they've got more energy. But because of that, it's pushed them back into a deficit. So they've still lost body fat and actually you've got really banging physique results from doing that. Um, so it's quite fun when they get to that stage and they enjoy it a bit more because they can have a bit more food, they've got a bit more flexibility. And hopefully they get to a point where, which most of them have, they've, built a physique that they can sustain all year round and they'll sometimes put a bit more body fat on which is normal and then they know when to tail it back a little bit to lose a bit of body fat well basically they can stay in a range quite easily um and that's the goal with a lot of my clients and i have had clients where they haven't needed me anymore because they know how to do that so i did my job i set them free like they're my children when they move out so i hope you found that helpful there because i think people think about the end game with fat loss rather than thinking well, you can't just stop once you've lost it because you would lose what you've got. Like you would end up regaining maybe body fat if you went back to old habits. And that's why we say, however you lose body fat, you've got to think, well, I've got to sustain those habits and behaviours now to sustain that and just up your calories a little bit. But a lot of people don't think about that and think, well, what do I do now? What do I work towards now? So also with bear in mind with what I just spoke about there, with the weights particularly, think about your performance goals because it just makes it way more fun because changing your body shape takes a long, long time. So I've told my clients, she's got to be patient with this. It can take over a year. Um, I said, you might notice differences at first and then they'll slow off and you'll think, oh, this is not working. So I said, give yourself some performance goals, like how much to squat or bench or push-ups or work towards um, a pull-up or getting the weights down on the easy chin machine. So that's also important as well. Just bear that in mind because basically once you get into the health and fitness lifestyle it doesn't end it just keeps going there's no limits you can just keep going with it so i mean i'm at a good place in my physique i'm I'm actually happy and i found a vis i've got a physique now i can maintain pretty much all year round and i have an upper limit and a lower limit where i like the weight to sit or how i feel 
Um, but I'm pretty much all performance-based now. Like I'm focused on just getting as strong as I can, maybe put on a little bit more muscle just for my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and just because I want to lift heavier weights. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much enjoying my training. There's not much pressure or anything. And I like to have my physique, so I just want to sustain that now as long as possible. And if I can get better at something like lifting heavier or building my endurance maybe sometimes, then I'll go for that. And I'll just, um, yeah. But my main goal this year is actually strength training. So, yeah, that's my goal. So there we go. <laughs> so it never ends, just to sum it up. Okay, right, last bit. I'm going to refer to about what I spoke about earlier. So what are my thoughts on creatine? So first off, creatine is your body naturally produces some of it anyway. Um, you also get it from mostly animal products. So if you'll be mostly vegan with your diet or vegetarian, I would personally opt for having that supplemented into your diet personally. And it's not just for the extra energy boost or um, building muscle, um, you know, we'll be able to work hard in the gym. It's actually, there's so many cognitive um, benefits They've been testing it on dementia and Alzheimer's uh, patients, like people who are just about have the onset of that. And they've seen uh, positive effects from it, like reducing the symptoms, uh, especially in females. So there's a lot of research going into creating monohydrates specifically. It's the most researched supplement out there and the benefits are ridiculous. If you Google creating monohydrates, you're going to see a lot of positive aspects about it. Um, sadly, some people still think it's a freaking steroid. It's not. For starters, you produce it already in your body. Um, now, people go, well, why would you supplement it? Um, so basically, if, say, you've, you've been training for a while now and you won't be able to like just push it a little bit more in your training sessions, like you, sh- you won't be able to push a few extra reps out or a little bit more weight, but you find your energy levels just wane a little bit. Because over time, your energy currency drops, doesn't it, when you're training? That's why after 30 minutes of training hard, if you're training hard enough, when you're doing the weights, you, you're ready, you're pretty much done almost. <laughs> and that's why you have to get all your, your big lifts in at the start and then do like your accessory at the end, um, you know, like your arms, your bum, whatever. You might do some isolation work. Uh, but here's how creatine works. So it basically works by saturating your muscles with a high energy compound called creatine phosphate. And it can be used in the body as an immediate energy supply when you need to push out those last few reps in the gym. Uh, creatine also hydrates muscle cells with water promoting muscle fiber growth so this is where again the same client asked me this and i was like yep if you want to supplement creatine monohydrate i'm on board with it uh, with your goals i think it's a good time to do it now bear in mind because it, you do store water into the cell especially the the first month when you start loading your creatine you may notice your scale weight goes up or you don't feel as lean looking as normal now just to compare it, it's like, for me, it's like being due on your period the week before. You feel a bit fluffier than usual because you're retaining more fluid, but it's not body fat. Unless you're in a mega calorie surplus and suddenly you're eating everything, then fair enough, it will be that. Um, but it's not body fat and it will settle down. So just take that, bear that in mind. But also it shows um, it works well for you, creatine, if you do. Actually put a little bit of weight on the time, so it shows it's worth taking. Some people actually, it doesn't really affect them um whether it affects them with their cognitive side of things like the brain like in a positive way i don't know if that still affects them even if it doesn't from a muscular point standpoint so i'm not sure on that one uh, when it comes to loading it now some people like to do a quick loading phase uh so they'll do say two to three grams well normally two grams a day for say 10 days to like load it 
but you don't have to do it. You don't need to rush to do it. Um, and also, <laughs> for some people who've done loading, I've been okay with it. I find as long as you're drinking plenty of fluids and not just through caffeine. I'll come on to that in a moment as well. Um, but basically, three to five grams a day, which scoops come different when you order them. It doesn't matter if it's three or five grams. Just go with a scoop. But after 30 days, your muscles should be saturated with creatine. Um, but yeah, if you do a loading phase, some people have noted they've had a bit of stomach upset sometimes. I think it's just because of processing it. Maybe it's psychological now because I'm telling you. Um, but I, I've only heard people having issues because they're trying to rush the loading process. Uh, the lads I've spoke to have taken in the past when I first started taking it like five plus years ago. Uh, they were like, you don't need to do a loading phase. Not just literally take it every day and after 30 days, it will be your muscles will be saturated. And that's what I've done ever since. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's basically our primary form of energy in the muscle cells. So that's why it's mint if you can supplement it. Um, it, it just enables you to push those extra few reps out when you're training, if you feel like it, you know, or do an extra set or get a bit more, put a bit more weight on the bar. Um, I notice an effect when I come on and off it. Maybe it's like, maybe it's a placebo, I don't know, but I just feel like I've got a little bit more energy, a bit more oomph to go for it. Uh, even when I'm on my period, which I am today, and I had a freaking awesome session, and I'm on creative at the moment, and I did take a bit of a break from it um, over Christmas, and then I've been back on it, so I'm, I'm probably, yeah, 30 days, so I'm back up to saturated, so maybe it is that, because uh, it's 30th of Jan today. Uh, there was an interesting fact I found, which I actually forgot about, so I'll share this with you. So, basically, when you take creative monohydrate, which is the body's energy source, when you use that energy, say you're doing a squat, what happens then, you get left with this useless um, adenosine diphosphate, which is pretty useless. It, it's, got, it's got no energy or nothing. But what creatine does, because you've got now, after using that energy, you've got free adenosine diphosphate in, in, uh, in your muscles. So as a product, basically, um, the basically, I'm trying to figure out a word. This way, creatine comes into play. So the creatine works by donating its phosphate group to ADP, which was the adenosine diphosphate, to reform ATP, adenosine triphosphate, which is your body's energy. And that's how it works with taking creatine. So you've, you basically, it's kind of like recycling useless energy into actual bloody energy. <laughs> so that's the best way to explain how it works. Um, people worry, is it safe? It's the most studied supplement out there. And they recommend monohydrate. That's the like the best one. It's the most recent. And it's quite cheap compared to most supplements, compared to BCAAs, which are useless unless you are purely plant-based. So probably like two clients I have on BCAAs because they are so plant-based. Uh, because they can't get all the amino acids always from plant plant-based protein. Um but yeah, other than that, it's the most cheapest supplement out there. If you need to have any recommendations, let me know. I'll send some over to you. Advice for taking it, I would say I just get plain and take it with squash because after 30 days, by the way, you have to keep taking it. Just so you know, it's something you're going to take daily. Um, some people say, do you have breaks off it? You can if you wanted to, but it doesn't hurt staying on it either. Um, so yeah, I... I think early break from it maybe probably about four weeks of the year spread out because uh, I'm just in the habit of taking it. 
I tend to take it during my workouts, when on days of workouts, and I just mix it with some squash because I have plain flavour. Uh, so I just put it with water, squash, shake it up in my normal bottle because uh, the powder is very fine. Uh, so you don't need like a, a protein shaker bottle. And have it that way. You could take it with your protein shake. You can mix it in with your yogurt. The one thing they're saying is try and have it separate from ca- caffeine or coffee or tea or anything. Um, it's not 100% the research still, but they don't know if you like kind of cancel each other out the effects um so it's not dangerous if you have them together it just it might null the effects that you want from it like caffeine you want the effect of feeling alert and creatine you want that extra that extra boost in the gym to be able to do those extra couple of reps so just to be on the safe side um i take i take it separate so because i used to take creatine in the morning with my coffee then i saw the research oh so now i take them separately um so I generally have my crease in the afternoon or what I sometimes do, I shot it. So I just basically put it in a small glass with some water and a bit of Ribena, mix it up and I just chug it back because it's plain. So it's not horrible. And the, the powder is so thin. It's fine. There is tablet forms. Um, apparently there's a liquid form, which I didn't know that, but apparently um, it's not that good, the liquid form. I think it like, I can't think what it said. Um... Oh, it degrades in water over time. So I have pulled up some research for this. But yeah, it, decre- it basically creates and degrades in water over time into its um, its waste product, creatinine, creatinine, how you pronounce that. Uh, so it basically just gets excreted. So yeah, just have powder, maybe tablet form. I've had clients to take tablet and prefer it. Uh, most people don't like swallowing tablets though. So anyway... So in other words, to that client, I was like, yeah, I'm on board with you taking creatine monohydrate because uh, it'll have fantastic effects on you. But yeah, you do have to take it pretty much every day. Um, after so so longer, I'd say be, be quite strict to take it every day for 30 days. But after then, if like, I don't know, every two weeks you skip a day because you forgot, don't stress about it. Um, it doesn't take long to resaturate because they're already quite saturated anyway. But ideally, you do take it pretty much daily consistently. But if you're always drinking squash or water at some point in the day, just mix it with that and just have it separate from your caffeine. You know, whether you have it with, um, don't forget Coca-Cola and things like that. You know, it's got caffeine, green tea, normal tea, coffee. So try have it quite separate if you can. Most people drink coffee in the mornings, maybe have your creatine later. Uh, before during or after workout it doesn't really matter there's so much debate about that but I think personally just take it daily that that's the main thing and be and do it in a way you can be consistent with it um don't worry about paying out expensively for it either um it doesn't really matter I think I pay about 16 quid and it has loads of servings I think it's like 50 servings something like that so it's gonna last you like um about two, yeah, about two months or so. If that might be more savings than that, sorry. Because um, I was going to say my tub normally lasts me about two or three months. So it's not a lot. Not It's even cheaper than protein powder for what you get. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't hardly, you know, I can rec- I can't hardly recommend it enough. It's it's probably um, one of the best supplements out there. Like I'm not big on taking loads of supplements, but that that's on the top of my list. Even omega free supplementation I won't take. I'm like, I'll just get my oily fish in twice a week. So I have salmon twice a week. Um, and sometimes I put flaxseed into my uh, porridge, like the powder you can get, which you can get from Aldi, by the way. I'll even take that. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, that, other than that, if you're struggling with that, or again, you're mostly plant based or um, vegetarian, then it might be worth taking omega free, unless again you have an avocado 
maybe a once a week as well and just split it up across the days. Uh, that's why we're getting omega-3 in as well, your good fats. And then the other supplement would I'd say is vitamin D. So vitamin D and creatine monohydrate are the two supplements I only take. Um, other than that, I don't take anything else. I just try to make sure I've got a varied diet because I like all fruit and vegetables. So I'm not a very picky person. It does make it easier. It means I can just mix what I have each week and have that variation of different colours in my diet. So when I do a curry, I try and mix what veg I have in. Same with tray bakes. So don't just think about, I must supplementate everything now. Do get what you can from your diet. Um, I'd say again, with creating monohydrates, before taking it, get into your training, which this person is and most of my clients are. Um, if you're older, by the way, men perimenopausal or menopausal, definitely take creatine monohydrate. I think it has mega awesome uh, positive effects as, uh, on women who are 40, 50 plus. Uh, they just got that bit more energy, especially when your energy is quite low um, during the perimenopause and menopause as well. Uh, it really helps out. And from a cognitive point of view, because uh, we know the brain is stressed as it is because of the hormone imbalancing and, and depletion, uh, creatine is going to have that really positive effect as well on the cognitive side of things. So, yeah, I can't recommend creatine monohydrate enough, to be honest, and weight training. Um, and eating adequate protein and fruit and veggies and decent night's sleep and keep repeating until dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope you found that helpful today as I've, they were the two subjects I keep seeing brought up. If you have any questions about that, please let me know. I've tried to strip it back and keep it as simple as I can because without complicating it. So I hope that came across clear. If it didn't, please let me know. I'm happy to answer questions. Information's always free. And if you would love to, you know, smash your health and fitness goals, your weight loss goals, like our client has done in Forever Strong, our online group membership. We have shut the doors last Friday, but uh, we are still taking applications. And that means basically if we think it's the right fit for you, we will invite you into our group once we open the doors again over the coming months as well. But in the meantime, we can at least send you something to help you. We've always got resources to send to help you with your health and fitness goals from weight loss to performance goals, you name it. Uh, so, yeah, if you are interested in applying for Forever Strong, uh, you could drop us an email at foreverstrong.n for Natalie, k for kate, m for meg at gmail.com. Uh, or you can head to my Instagram uh, at the NAG Personal Drain Trainer and DM FS23 and I will send you an application form. Uh, as always, please share this with one other person because it may help them, maybe you feel it'd be applicable for. And I'm always open to feedback. Again, you could just DM me on Instagram at the NAG Personal Trainer or same on Facebook. You can type the NAG Personal Trainer. There's no one else called that because who would call themselves a NAG Personal Trainer apart from me. Thanks for listening today and have a great day.